The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to The Influencers Edge. Today we have a wonderful guest, Amy Hager. Amy, where are you joining us from? I am joining you from beautiful Lake Anna, Virginia. <laughs> okay. Now I informed slash warned slash uh, gave Amy a caveat that this show is sort of a free for all. <laughs> it's not a formal question and answer. Why are you doing this? Like yes. And Amy's going to probably most likely, almost certainly going to drop some uh, gold nuggets that she doesn't even know she's dropping because when people are in their genius zone, Oftentimes they do things second nature. They don't realize that other people don't know it. Yeah. So Amy, I'm going to keep your biography short, sure. but we're going to talk about marketing burnout, which is a yeah. big one. So today that's what we're going to be talking about. And I, I just read these from my iPhone because I keep them short. So Amy's the co-founder of the Content Personality Club, hosted by the Joyful Business Resol- uh, Revolution. Let me stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I love the word joyful. I use it a lot and revolution. So let's back up and talk about what do you mean by a joyful business revolution? And why do you emphasize joy? And why do you emphasize revolution? It's not the joyful business upgrade. It's a revolution. So let's yeah. dive right in, digging into your psyche with these questions. Well, and it's crazy that you bring this up today because today, exactly a year ago, we announced the Joyful Business Revolution. And um, the brand was originally created by M. Shannon Hernandez, who's one of my business partners. And we wanted to, we knew we were creating a movement, a movement towards joy, business, and life all being intertwined. And a lot of times what we find is business owners end up building businesses that are unjoyful, they feel more like a prisoner to their own business than actually an entrepreneur, CEO, whatever you want to call it. And so by creating from a place of joy when you are creating your business and putting yourself first, which is completely backwards than what anybody ever said and taught me when I went through college to go for marketing, right? You should always think about your ideal customer and what they want and how you can best serve. The customer is always right. We're turning that on its head. Well, that's great. That's why we call it the influencer's edge, not the influencer's <laughs> discussion. We want people who are contrarian and, and a little controversial and are willing to think out 
outside the box and say the emperor is not only naked, he's got a tiny weenie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to, so here's the thing. Where did you find the, where did you and your partner find, let me, let me put it a different way. Did you have some kind of role model or some kind of teacher or someone who gave you that orientation of thinking outside the box and pushing back against traditional thinking? Or was this always the way you walked through life since you were a kid? I'm going to say for the both of us, and this is why we work so well together, that's how we've walked through our lives. And I think it started earlier on in my life than it did my partner Shannon's life. But that you know, I I grew up really not doing anything traditional that a girl should be doing. I grew up racing go-karts and driving snowmobiles and you know playing football and doing all the things that you know, girls really weren't known for doing. Were you good at football or did you get smushed? Um, thank God. <laughs> thank God the other kids in my neighborhood were as small as I was. So none of them <laughs> smushed me. <laughs> we were just little pep squeaks. And, you know, I think what I really learned early on, and it has been a common thread through my entire life, but I never could put a label on it until I really realized that, wow, I am building this life that is a joyful life. And, you know, I'm concentrating on the joy. Joy is a choice and I'm choosing that first. And, um, is and it so a choice? Let's, let's back up. I, I told yeah. you I'd, push, I'd ask interesting questions and do a little like back. So yeah. is joy, a lot of people would say, well, it's easy to be joyful if you have the perfect maid and you have money in the bank and your health is great. Now, I happen to believe that there's a distinction between joy and happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Yeah. Joy is not. So how do we find joy in our in our business when things are, the wheels are falling off and mm -hmm. we're, uh, we're in the shit pile? <laughs> yeah. A beautiful question that I love to always ask when someone is in a pile of shit is, how do you define success in your business? Outside of one, your client success, because us service-based business people, boy, do we thrive on client success yep. and outside of the revenue. That sounds impossible. So what could it be? Right? And so a lot of times what when we start to unpack this, so when I look at this for me, how do I define my business successful if it's outside of the revenue and outside of my client success? I find it successful when I feel at the end of the day, I am not burnt out. I haven't had to really fight all day to help people see the better of themselves, the better of their business, the better of this world. I feel like when, when, my, when my business is successful outside of revenue and outcome, I feel lighter. I don't wake up in the morning thinking, fuck, it's Monday. I got to work today. I told you you drop F-bombs. <laughs> oh, that's why I knew we were besties. Those uh, four letter words are my faves. Uh, <laughs> but really, I think it, to me, my business is successful because it, it makes me feel happy. And like you said, and so there are days though, when again, I'm in a shit pile in my own business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anyone who expects that that's not the case and you want to be on your own business or do sales or be an entrepreneur, 
you, you yeah. should go just collect a paycheck and work for someone else. Well, and I think too, like a lot of times what I see again, I'm in the marketing space. So I really, really pay a close attention to this is a lot of people only share when shit's going well. It's the fake, you know, Instagram world that we live fake. in where, fake. yeah, where people really aren't sharing the downtimes and everything along those lines. And so one thing that I've always, always been very, very optimistic and very much so failure is part of the process. And sometimes you feel hard, sometimes you feel soft, but there's always that silver lining to every situation that we encounter in our lives that you're able to do something different and do something better the next time. The question, Amy, yeah. how do you have the discernment to figure out what those things are? And I'm assuming that you guide your clients uh, into, into finding that discernment. Is that correct? Well, I think so. And I think the other thing that is really, really key in all of this is as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you can't do this in a silo. Like amazing things has never come from one single person. It's come from communication, collaboration, and conversation. Absolutely. The three C's. And so having that pod. Conversation, collaboration. Yeah. Having that pod, having that tribe, having that whatever the hell you want to call it, right? Having your peeps, your community that you can really turn to on the days where you're like, you know what? There isn't anything good and life is unjoyful and business is unjoyful. And for you to be able to share to them how you're feeling, because sometimes it does take someone else pointing out those silver linings yeah. to you. You can't do it alone. So are you talking about, I agree with you hundred percent in entrepreneurship and even selling. Cause when you're out there selling, it's you. Yeah. It's like a stand-up comic. It's just you on the stage. <laughs> it's not easy. I have a dear friend yeah. who I bring on the show. He's a extraordinarily stand-up, extraordinarily talented stand-up comic. And I talked to him about the loneliness of, of doing it so yeah. what if how, the challenge i find in what you're saying is we live in a very isolated world that's increasingly isolated so how do you build a community of peeps that sounds like another challenge see we're going off we're not yeah. really running into the weeds we're running into the the green juicy forest of apple orchards right and i think that um it is it is work and again if you want it to be easy and if you want it to be mundane and unstimulating, go get a job. Fantastic. I, now, something you said, you said, see, I told you this would be different. I was saying, how are you keeping notes on all of this too? I'm not keeping, there's no notes. There's no notes. <laughs> like you have a photographic memory of the words that are coming no, out. No, no. Well, that's because on the side, I teach men to seduce women. And part of that is knowing how to listen to what women say. That's no joke. That was That's my side hustle. I started doing this. Uh, it's, I don't want to tell my story. This is about you. I want to, uh, one of the things you say is don't go spreading your message on multiple platforms because you mm -hmm. talk about burnout. Let's back up and talk yeah. about marketing burnout. And uh, because I found this to be the case, I look at people who have entire teams of young kids who can do Facebook ads and YouTube yeah. videos. They can track all the stats. And even though I have a fantastic operations manager, I would need to add five more people to do all that stuff. So let's talk about marketing burnout. And one and one of the things you said that's so contrary to what one of my greatest coaches says is, 
and I don't want to misquote you, so correct me if it's not accurate. I believe you said in, in the little form you sent over to get on the show that you should stick to one platform and yeah. build your email list. Now, yeah. I my, my learning from one of my greatest coaches was have a platform independent business because you can always get deplatformed. So mm. let's oh. talk about let's talk about your idea stick to one platform and then discuss that idea that you could get deplatformed. Well, and so I think what you're focused on is the wrong part of that sentence. Correct me. So it's be on one platform plus your email list because you own your email list. You don't right. own the content that you put out on that platform, right? right? And so one of the easier ways though to connect with other humans is through social media, is through different platforms. And so when you really focused your marketing efforts on building that relationship so that someone wants to give you an email address and wants to give you their information, then building that email address absolutely or email list absolutely, absolutely. is absolutely that's your gold. I, yeah. I I started out marketing back when we didn't have an internet and we, oh my god, right? And, and so my email. Uh, no, we had emails. No, actually, we didn't have emails. Yeah. We only had physical addresses and phone numbers. Right. So we did it all direct mail by snail mail. Yeah. And so the list is, is absolutely golden. But again, how do you handle the challenge? Let's say you do all your marketing on Instagram. I have mm -hmm. a friend in Sweden uh, who, along with her husband, built a multi-million dollar business. I need to get her on the show. Her, she and her husband called Raw Nice. Uh, they sell um, vegan colored powders that you can put into your smoothies and pancakes. It's really oh, amazing. Yeah. Have you heard of it? No, but I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I haven't heard of that particularly. Yeah. Well, she built the whole business 12 hours a day on Instagram every day. Mm -hmm. And she built the whole business with zero marketing costs. Now they're doing multi millions of dollars all over the world. And they're based in Sweden where the tax rates are confiscatory. They take, you know, if you make a lot of money, they take it. Yeah. But my point being, had she gotten deplatformed from Instagram, there was no reason why she wasn't posting anything controversial. Right. Her business would die. She wouldn't have built anything. Exactly. So again, I'm going to push here. I agree. The email list is gold. You got to get people off your social media and into your funnel, into your email list. We can talk about some tactics about that if you want. If not, we can move on. But I'll say it again. Is Aren't you taking a big risk of losing the, the engine that generates your email list if you're only on one platform? You are, you could be taking a risk, but also how joyful is it to be on multiple platforms and how achievable is it, right? It's, it's not. not. And Why so again, looking at the sustainability of when you build your business and when you build your marketing strategy, really get good and enjoy one platform and be there but be building that email list. So if that platform goes away or you go to Facebook jail or whatever, who knows what's <laughs> with Meta. And, you know, if LinkedIn decides that, all right, they're only going to go to video content and you've been writing all of your stuff and you're like, I'm getting on camera. Again, there's so many uncontrollable factors when you're utilizing social media and outside, you know, tools or vehicles, we call them vehicles, to build your aligned audience to build your email list to really build that reputation Ooh, you 
just drop some gold. Amy, drop some gold. <laughs> you set aligned. I love that word as a mindset coach and among other things, I, I, I love that. So what do what does Amy Hager mean by aligned? Because I'm sure everyone has a different definition. Oh, yeah, right. And so when you're building your aligned audience, I think there's four different types of people in your aligned audience. Yeah. It's going to be connectors. So those who are literally, they're never going to buy from you because they don't need your services, mm -hmm. but they know you do damn good work and they're always going to connect you to somebody who needs yep. your services. Mm -hmm. The collaborators who, you know, believe deeply in your mission as deeply as you do and know that they're servicing somebody and you're like the next stage in that journey, or I get done working with them. And then this is the next stage in that journey, or we do two completely different things. I have these two women that I'm working with. They're creating a workshop. They both believe in woo and science, and they have combined forces to create a workshop about money and breathing. Isn't and that, that's beautiful. I love that such a fun collaboration and so your collaborators we are get them after the after this interview after we're done i want the, uh, a way to connect oh, yeah. with them. they'd be great guests they would be so fun together and the cool thing is like they physically have never met each other they're in two different locations this relationship is all built over zoom and they will be physically in the same space at the end of the month after their first workshop so i, I can't wait for that one so collaborators connectors aligned audiences you have your watchers, those who are always going to watch you, but never actually engage, never actually buy. And then you have those cheerleaders. And I always say this is kind of like your mom or your grandma. Oh, you're doing such a great job. Like, keep doing this, right? Um, and so once you have a good, solid mix of those four, mm -hmm. that's where your clients come from. But without connectors collaborators, watchers, and cheerleaders. Those clients are going to be really, really hard to come across. I like that. Connectors, collaborators. Uh, what was the one before cheerleaders? Watchers. Watchers and cheerleaders. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just taught a workshop last week about it. And you know, I'm kind of pulling out the four different types and, you know, again, just like get really good at one platform and growing your email address is the strategy that we really try to work with people get really good at one of those at first. Like if you're really, really good at building connectors and the connectors are just referring to you and you're referring to them, sweet. If you are really great at collaborating and that first do that first. If you have a community full of cheerleaders and they're cheering you on and encouraging you, and that's where you're at right now, that's fine. It's then, and the watchers, I think the watchers just kind of come along as you go and they come along as you go and you grow clearer messaging and really taking your stance in thought leadership. Let's so talk about that. Yeah. I love that phrase, taking your stance or taking a stand. You see, now you're throwing more, more stuff for me to chew on and for the audience to mm. listen to. We me. almost have a big old juicy cheeseburger right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And my trainer would kill me. I'm allowed something like that once a week. So I would get crucified. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about those two terms. 
Okay. So then, well, I ask me a question about them. I'm kind of curious. All right. Why is this a golden nugget? Let me put, let me, let me back up and, and ask a different question. So let's, okay. let's set those to the side. So we have those four types of people. You built your email list. How do you, what is your methodology to stay joyful when you're figuring out what is your messaging? Because I can have an email list and send the wrong messaging or write crappy right. emails that no one's going to open. I happen to be a copywriter. So that, that's still a challenge, but not as significant as someone. Now chat GPT, which I'm totally into, will write emails for you. Yeah. And so then how do you find the joy when it's not actually working when you're doing the things, but the messaging is, is failing. Well, one messaging can't be created in a bubble. And so I would say, are you actually creating messaging through conversation in collaboration? And if you're trying to create it all on your own, trying to land the perfect thing, that is usually a strategy most people cannot actually do. And so then they beat themselves up. I should be able to do this. I'm a thought leader in this thing. This is my zone of genius. This is the gift I was given to do in this world. And so a lot of the mindset work needs to come in. And again, realizing beautiful things have not been built by a single person. It always comes through conversation. And so if you need a word vomit for 45 minutes over somebody to talk through to figure out what the hell your 30-second elevator speech is, that's okay. Find someone to word vomit on with. <laughs> Come on, you've had to heard that term if you're a copywriter. No, no let's take a break. No, <laughs> I never had a, a guest crack me up, but that's funny word vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have kids and, but I get vomited on quite often when I'm doing messaging with people. I don't have kids. I, I have to deal with cat vomit, but I guess. I have cat vomit. I have cat vomit and that is bad enough. Uh, uh, I got two. I would call them in here, but one of them likes to jump on the computer. And, and get all over the place. Yeah. I'm working on a bar top, so they don't jump this high, but they're, they're like little sharks sometimes when it's feeding time, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> Too bad you live across the country. I'd ask you for a date. <laughs> and a brilliant woman and you love cats. Wow, that's amazing. All right, let me turn. You got me, uh, you got me thrown with laughter here. So I'm going to have to turn. Focus. I'm going to have to turn back. You're going back to my form. <laughs> I'm going back to your freaking form. <laughs> I love doing this. Can I just say... This is one of the joy. I I love almost all of my work. Some parts I uh, I have to plow through, but doing these right. things and having these conversations. It's right. fun. Well, again, it's a choice. Oh my god! Um, oh my god! Um, kind messaging. You talk about kind messaging. Mm. Now, here's yeah. a pushback. Again, I'm going to give one of the greatest marketing geniuses of our time, one of my original coaches, Dan Kennedy. Do you know who Dan is? Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, Dan does not believe in kind marketing, nope. kind messaging. His whole right. thing is to be contrarian and controversial, a little bit crusty, and to deliberately, yep. to deliberately weed out as quickly as possible with your messaging that people are not going to be a fit. Oh, so, totally. 
your messaging is only working when people either love or they hate it, right? right. So how are you going to be kind and create messaging that's going to be polarizing? Absolutely. I think it's one or the other. So this is true genius. If you know how to combine these, I'm hiring you for some coaching. <laughs> I'm not not kidding. only am I'm I hired. getting you to laugh, I'm gaining a client today, Paul. I, I love it. <laughs> I've hired I one time, which is recent, I hired a coach who what she does is teach highly creative people, high creatives, how to be organized in their own way. And my workout mm. would skyrocketed thanks to her. So let's that. talk about it. I love that. Well, okay. So kind messaging. So a lot of times what the easiest type of messaging to create is what we call pain point messaging. What what is the problem or what is someone struggling with, right? When they need to come right. to you, to your business for a solution. Well, that works. It's time tested and it works. It's time tested and it works, but in a world where there's so much shit going wrong and all of our all of our mental states are going down the trash, I don't want to contribute to that with my messaging. And so we really, really focus on. You can create the pain messaging first, but how do we turn that pain messaging into more hopeful messaging, into prosper messaging, into kind messaging? And so instead of beating people up saying, oh, you have no clients and you hate your business and you really question whether you're actually good at what you do, we don't really say those things to people. We don't lead with that. Well, what do you lead with then that gets their attention? So we really, to be honest, what really gets people's attention is asking the question is, if you could choose joy today, what joy would you choose in your business? And why, going back to the why did you start this thing? Going back to the you, the looking inside yourself and really pulling from that place to then start building the messaging, building the larger, again, we're creating revolutions and movements here. It's always something bigger than you. And so by creating that thing that someone wants to be a part of because they can see the vision in the future and the hope in it, that's where kind messaging comes into play. You know what I would like to do? I'm a, I've never done this with a guest before. I'm gonna throw you for a loop. I'm gonna okay. throw myself for a loop and the audience for a loop. Okay. It, this is talking very abstractly. Do you actually have an example of your messaging that you could screen share? Mm. Let me pull. We can, we can pause the recording while you find I it. Need to. Yeah. All right. Uh, tr um, we're going to pause for a second. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. And we're back while we were off the air. Amy and I arranged for a date. So she'll be flying out here to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> And she's buying at Mr. A's. The show is brought to you by Mr. A's, the most exclusive restaurant in San Diego. Oh, God. Located on 4th Street and Sprint. No. You are ridiculous. I, I am it. utterly ridiculous, but only with uh, this kind of guest. So um, where were we? Oh, we were talking about the, the being kind, and mm -hmm. you were pushing back against the idea that you have to push on pain points. There's yeah. got to be because well, I've made a very handsome living pushing out pain points. It, and here's what I will with say. With a sense of humor. 
with a yeah. sense of humor that makes people laugh. And I learned this just, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make time for your answer in space and hold space. But I learned this from my mentor, Gary Halbert, uh, who really was into shocking people. He yeah. taught me something interesting. I, have you ever heard of Gary? I haven't heard of Gary, huh? Uh, okay. Well, Gary said in a seminar I went to in the early 90s, he said, what's the most read publication in the world? And everyone said, well, it's the Bible. He said, no, that's the most purchased. The most read one is. TV <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, because he's, he said, and P.T. Barnum said, never, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. So how do you combine mm -hmm. being kind with, uh, you don't push on pain points at all or be, how do you combine being, can you be kind and be contrarian? So I really... I do think it is, and it, it is, and it's a delicate dance, and it is a very different way of thinking about marketing. And yeah, there's been plenty other people. There's been plenty of people who made millions of dollars off of pain point marketing and just really focusing on where someone is right now, which is usually kind of down in the dumps or down on something or something's not working and they need to fix it and they need a solution. And again, I think that's the easiest marketing to create. And so I'm saying if your first stage is pain point marketing, and that's where a lot of the work starts, but being able to then turn and not beat someone up with their own pain. Right. I get it. Is, I, it's a craft. It really, really is a craft. And so. How did you get this orientation before we unpack? Where did that orientation come from to be kind? To be honest, it came more from my partner because as she's a much higher empath, I would say, than I am. Oh, okay. And so from her going through the purchasing cycle and reading, all right, I need a coach because of this, or I want to work with somebody because this is my current problem and reading and reading. And she would, you know, we'd read through whatever the description was, whatever the marketing piece was, listen to the video or the talk and just feel like, well, shit, like, yeah, I really, I really suck. It really suck. And yeah, I guess you're the only one that can save me. And it puts yeah. it puts the energy more into a rescue energy. Yes. And you have to save Beautiful. me energy. And that's, that's so and I know true. that's that's not who we want to work with. Like I'm not gonna be able to save your business. That's right. And being saviors wind up <laughs> offend people. Saviors wind up nailed up. And uh it's not even if it works, I think ultimately, and this is something I personally struggle with, you know. Because as I said, I've worked with guys, we'll talk about this off the air, for 30 years, helping guys who've never had a date in 40 years or 30 years. Too. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I feel like I have to save them and it's not good for me personally. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're absolutely right on that. Well, and I think too, the other thing that traditional marketing has taught us is that I think as we have evolved as humans and we've gone through this journey of life, I think how I make a purchasing decision is so different than the generation ahead of me and so different than the generation ahead of them. And so if we are looking at where we are in this time and place now and the sustainability of business and the sustainability of you as an entrepreneur, 
some of those tactics are slowly going out the door. And the switch of the consumer, you know, people tend to buy from people that they like. And so if, if, if you're joking, and again, we talked about this already, you're messaging either people love or hate you. So if, if someone is attracted to somebody with that more, you know, Dan, um, Kennedy. thank you, Kennedy, with more of that crass, more of that humor, more of that, that type of messaging, then they're going to work really, really well together. But for someone who that, that just rubs the wrong way, guess what? They can come over to the joyful business revolution and work through it in a different way. Where, where can they go? I I'm deaf. Well, I didn't catch (laughs) that out. Where can they go? Come on over to the joyful business revolution. One more time. (laughs) The joyful business revolution. Wait, is that a wedding ring on your finger? Is that on the finger? Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to wait till the end of our interview to tell you that because I Damn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll have to have my therapy session is coming up. I'll have to cry to her about it. (laughs) I think on that note, this has deteriorated to the point where uh, it's time. No, it's been joyful. It truly has. You've been the only guest who's made me laugh. Uh, and we. I'm glad that we've not only enjoyed it, we've shared some incredible uh, ideas that I know will get my audience thinking, but we were able to connect in this way. If people want to stay in the conversation with you, yeah, how do they do that? I would say one, go to the joyfulbusinessrevolution.com on there. We didn't even get into the, well, shit, if you're going to do one platform and grow your email address, like what, how do you make that decision? Because that decision alone let's is- Let's do it. All right. Decision. Then let's get into it. Then let's right. get into it. We still have time? Okay. Oh, you have all the time you want. I like it. Um, and so it, it's a hard decision to make in- what we really believe in is you have an innate gift of creating content, usually one way, but we are told we have to be great writers. We have to be able to speak on stages and have conversations with people and to pick up the phone and freaking call someone, or you need to write a blog to have SEO on your website. And, oh, BT dubs, be good at Canva because you got to create graphics. And so right. that is really impossible. Like, let's be honest. No one person should be good at all that shit. Unless you have a huge team and have a marketing budget. Teams are so key. Um, And so we really believe there's five content personality types. And so we have a quiz. If you Google the content personality quiz, you'll be able to figure out what your content personality type, but it's live in person, visual, video, audio, and written. And so what will help you choose your one platform is to tap into that content personality type, create your content, utilizing that content personality type, and then pick the platform that that content personality type will probably thrive on. So a video person, I would totally say, hey, let's go try something on creating a YouTube channel. Or maybe- no, I'm terrified of video. <laughs> so you're probably not a video content type. An audio person starting a blog or doing, or not a blog, sorry, a podcast or doing some sort of, we have a lot of our audio people will do walk and talks as lead generation efforts right. and really just encourage their people to put on their sneakers and get outside and let's have a conversation. Um, our written people, of course, usually are our bloggers. They write books, case studies, eBooks, whatever that is. 
are visual people two different things? Visual is a tricky category. So visual is either going to be someone who's an artist or who really does really great with like graphic design work, Canva work, or, you know, working in Photoshop or InDesign, whatever. Um, or to get to their creativeness, they are those people who doodled in school on their notebooks and got in trouble with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got in trouble with it. And they need that doodle stimulation in order to stimulate the creativeness. I have one woman who is painting her entire house and creating her entire content while she paints because it's that painting that is really, really helping inspire the content, right? And the last one is live in person, um, which I'm a live in person person. I can sit here and talk on Zoom to you all day, every day. Um, getting up on a stage or hosting a workshop doesn't scare me. And that's really, really where I thrive. And so by really tapping into, all right, creating your content, using that type, and then finding the platform, that vehicle to really execute on, and then making sure that you always call in the email addresses. So what did I do here? I told you all to go take that quiz. Guess what? You got to give me your email address to take the damn quiz. Oh, okay. So how do they do that? <laughs> so right how there, they, live in content that? personality, right there. So you go to content personality, you can Google content personality quiz, or if you go to joyfulbusinessrevolution.com, it's on the top of the page there. And literally it should take three minutes to take the quiz. I should have had you take it before we started today, Paul, so that we could really talk through what your content the results would give you is I, I love writing. I love it. I'm very good. I'm just saying I'm very good at it. I mm-hmm. love being on stage. I love being on, on, on video too. So I'm, yeah. I'm three. So you can only be one. And just because you love it does not mean it's the right energy to sell your services from. Um, when I'm on stage, I have like a 70 to 80% close ratio, but those things are harder to come by. I control how often I can put out, uh, uh, emails, which I send out and I can also control how often I do video and I have good really great impact with, with my voice as you can hear. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is, again, it ties into that live in-person content type. But when you look at where do you convert the most sales from? And if you then tapped into that and a great, a great example, let me tell you this story. So my partner, again, M. Shannon Hernandez created this damn quiz and she kept taking it, kept taking it, kept taking it and kept getting live in person. She's an introvert. She's written a book. She used to be a teacher. She's an empath. She was like, bullshit. I am not live in person. I don't want to be around a ton of people, yada, yada, yada. And she kept relying on written. She kept writing her blog. She published another book and it was doing okay for her business. But when she really listened to her own damn advice and tapped into the live in-person content type and started to teach in, you know, Zoom communities, to teach more on stages, to speak more on stages, that's where she really broke that. She was stuck at like 200K. She instantly within the year that she decided to make this shift in her marketing strategy, 400,000. Got it. So- Really, you can do the other things and you may enjoy. She still writes. She writes in her journal every day. She ended up writing another book. But it's where your energy both, I guess, best shows up where you get your highest enrollment and Got your it. highest engagement. 
Yeah. And on that note, one more time, how do they connect with you? Joyfulbusinessrevolution.com. Search for the content personality quiz. You can also look me up on Facebook, Amy, A-M-Y, Hager, H-A-G-E-R. Right. And I'd love to connect. Yeah. And you'll give me your phone number off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, you texted me earlier, you goober. You already have. I know. A goober. (laughs) More like geezer. (laughs) I should start a a website, (laughs) geezerdate.com. It may be. That may be a new uh, line of service. I don't know. Or medsmatch.com, where you find someone whose psychiatric meds don't interact with yours. That's an interesting way to go about it, actually. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I'm very silly. I don't get this way uh, in any of my episodes, but you've broken the mold here with me. Uh, Amy, I want to thank you for being an incredibly informative and even more so entertaining guest. I've loved this. <laughs> this has made my morning and my entire work day. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and anything in between. I'm going to get in trouble for having said that, but I don't give a frack. It's my podcast. And we'll see you again on the Influencer's Edge. Thanks again, Amy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, Tracy, cut. hold on. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack in sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.